And welcome to another edition of Odyssey House Journal. Trip Mitchell, Randall Carlisle, and our guest, Mike Singleton. But who cares about Mike? Well, and I've got to compliment you. This is the most famous guest we've ever had on the show. Not Mike, but right here, right? Albert, welcome to the show. Now, let's describe Albert. Albert is pompous. Albert. Pompous Albert. Pompous Albert has three hundred and one thousand followers on Instagram. That is true. Pompous Albert has a hundred thousand friends on Facebook. Getting near that, yeah. Why? Why is Albert so so famous? Is it the look on his face? Yeah, it's the grumpy look, uh, and he really is uh, like his name, Pompous. Um, not only that, he's a Selkirk Rex which is a pretty rare breed. Um, it only came to be in 1987. Uh, and then he's known for the curly hair. Um, some people think he's a little lamb. Um, His fur is so soft. Yeah. It's, it's beautiful. Yeah. And, and Albert has had a career that anyone would envy. I mean, literally, you've, Honda's come up here. Mm-hmm. He's got some things with some big networks under development. True. And people look at you, Mike, like you are the luckiest person in the world. How do you take a cat that you love in the family and make him a star? Uh, Really by uh, accident, in a way. So Albert is an office cat, um, and uh, he was uh, brought to us uh, nine years ago. And he has uh, two other adopted cat friends at the office. And the UPS man and the FedEx man and all these people that came into our office were, were looking at him saying, what an unusual cat. So uh, we posted him on Instagram and uh, Reddit and some of the other large companies picked him up and uh, it just blew up, exploded. And uh, people can't seem to get enough of that kind of pompous look in his eyes and uh, the way his fur looks. And so once we posted it and it got picked up, um, he's been uh, in the Huffington Post, and uh, so he's a liberal cat. Uh, he's liberal. <laughs> he's very liberal. He's never been on Fox News. Who's going to vote for in November? Um, pal. Uh, he's uh, been in People, uh, uh, lots of other articles. Netflix will be doing a, a special in uh, two months on him. Uh, he has an agent in Los Angeles. It's a group called Pets on Q. But by the way, before we get to this, let's mention that this is a show about addiction where a couple... Addiction and recovery. And recovery. Yeah, and recovery. And, and, right, right. So if you're watching this and you think that you've been on drugs or alcohol, this is all <clears throat> one of the most amazing stories. And we've had 50-plus shows, and we've met some people, Mike, that are just incredible. And they've come from the depths to the heights. Yes. So are you, are you telling me that, that Albert has an alcohol or drug problem? Is that is Not that anymore. He went to cat recovery. Cat recovery. <laughs> well, actually, his problem with alcohol and drug recovery or drugs was me. I was the problem. <laughs> oh, that's why we're... And all joking aside... I had to figure this out here. Yeah. Right? A drunk cat on the show. I mean, you know, that's... Yeah. Right. Well, he, you know, let's say he gets drunk. He has nine more lives, you know, where that's, he can screw them up. That's so, true. We yeah, didn't. Right? We had one life. But we met, and Randall and I met across the street at a 12-step program. And Mike and I met at a noon meeting, as well as Lee, our producer, director, and shooter. So this is all kind of... People who recognized that we had a problem and did something about it. Yes. And that's how we met. And uh, we go to a coffee group on Sundays. Yes. And it, it's this is a heck of a story. So, Mike, 
is interested in doing podcasting and brought his lovely wife in two weeks ago. And Randall, the next day, said, wouldn't that be fun to have Pappas Albert on the show? <laughs> I'm sure. So if you're watching, share this and, and join Pappas Albert's fan club on Instagram or Facebook yeah. and, and share the podcast that you... And we are not going to give Albert's phone call out. He just does not like answering his cell phone what, unless what, he knows What's your calling. phone number? Come on. Yeah. Let's give me, give me sure. your cell phone number. So, uh, he's refusing. So Albert's problem was the fact that he had an owner that was uh, having to uh, decided to make his life a little bit more difficult. True. You've had a heck of a story. Maybe not too indifferent from a lot of us. Well, we we all have stories, but so you we were talking before the show. You served a church mission. Yes. And afterwards, decided that cocaine was the right thing for you. And alcohol and whatever else I could get. And what prompted you to make that decision after the mission? I was uh, home for about a year, and then uh, one of my best friends from college uh, introduced me to cocaine. I asked him what it would do, and I remember it like it was yesterday. He said, it will make you feel like Superman. And that it did, and it was at that time that I felt I'd met my true God. Uh, unfortunately, it, it worked until it didn't, uh, and it spiraled. And and alcohol was in the mix as well. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Because alcohol and cocaine kind of go together. One takes you up, and one brings you down. And um, so for me, it was really alcohol that brought me to my knees at the end. But there are a lot of people who have that combination combination and cocaine it does make you feel super until it doesn't right and I, I did the same thing when I my my problem is I'm an alcoholic but I would occasionally use cocaine so that I could drink more because it would make me a little more alert and I wouldn't slur my words and, yeah. or I thought it made me more alert and then I could drink more so I wasn't really Addicted to cocaine, but alcohol and cocaine mixed together at that point. I had a boss one time. He goes, I'm not really addicted to alcohol or cocaine. I just need to have them all the time. <laughs> yeah, well. <laughs> and, uh, it, it, it's the type of situation where it, the two go hand in hand. Yeah. And it's interesting, in your case, you mentioned that you, your whole college career you had 12 beers. And we were okay. laughing about it. Yeah. And... On the other hand, once I think you accelerate, and marijuana right now is becoming legal in a lot of states, and mm -hmm. the guess is it's going to be at 40 states pretty pretty soon and in Canada. <clears throat> but what I've learned is it's a not a gateway drug like we used to talk about it, but once you start doing something, you're much more predisposed to doing other things, sure. experimenting. You enjoy and, the feeling of getting high. Yeah, yeah. and... You, yeah. you kind of want to be in that, you enjoy that feeling, and you want to see if there's a better feeling. Yeah. So it's a discovery in the worst possible manner. Correct. You know, I, I, should, I should bring this up right now. If, if you're listening on Spotify or iTunes, you're missing uh, Pompous Albert and, and seeing it. And he's just walking around our, our little glass table Well, here. he's nervous. He's got a Netflix yeah. shoot coming up. <laughs> yeah, so so we would suggest if you're listening to us in whatever country you're listening on, uh, Switzerland's our second biggest, our first biggest foreign country. I was just looking at facts the other day. Okay, those those uh, and over a hundred thousand views on Facebook. Yeah, uh, and so anyway, uh, it's not Albert territory, but yeah, well, no, 
probably never will be. <coughs> probably but, will be. Yeah. But so if you are listening, you might want to Google Odyssey House or Odyssey House Journals, and it'll take you to a YouTube channel where you can actually see Albert here who is walking around on the table enjoying himself. A glass table is pretty darn cool for a cat. Yeah, he likes it. So I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt your story. Okay. I just, no. it dawned on me that people might be listening saying, what in the hell are they talking about? Right. And so, how is right. a cat, Jermaine, but you, you brought it all home, that he had a bad owner for a while. He had a bad owner. Fortunately, he has uh, office mates, and our employees are terrific. And so the great thing about him is, uh, I think in general, uh, for me, uh, after I got into recovery, Albert really became a stable for me. I mean, I would go into my office and talk uh, to him, which most people don't talk to cats, but he gives me a comfort and uh, satisfaction and a purpose, um, although he's not my only purpose. But it might be noted that he has followers uh, all over the world. Um, people, uh, a lady painted a picture of him, like uh, oil canvas, from Germany and then flew to Salt Lake City uh, to meet him. You're kidding. No. So. Wow. But he's not the real story. Uh, Don't I'm, tell him that. I'm just a better uh, human being and a better human for him. Uh, I'm going on five years of sobriety. Way to go. And, uh, thank you. And so just I have much more clarity. In but it. it's interesting, Mike, in telling your story, you've been sober for 10 years during that journey. Yes, I've had 10 years of sobriety. Uh, I've had four years of sobriety. Um, and uh, and now I'm going on five. But the difference... I'll add that all together. 10, yeah. 5, 4, subtract the 1, multiply. That's 19 years. <laughs> the difference this time is that I'm involved in a program. I went to a treatment facility. I... I gain new tools. Alcohol and drugs, as most addicts know, uh, were the solution. They weren't my problem. Um, they became a problem, but the underlying issues were much greater uh, than I used the drinking and drugs to try to push those away. I heard a gal in a meeting say, I used to try to drink my feelings away, and then they learned how to swim. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good line. Yeah. So... I could relate to that. So part of your journey of recovery, you went to a treatment facility. Yes. And they tried to get at some of the underlying reasons that you drugged and drank. Yes. Was that a painful process? It was painful because I have a wife and three daughters whom I love more than anything on the planet. Except for Albert. Um, I mean, go ahead. Yeah, right? <laughs> and my wife and three uh, daughters are what uh, we call normies. Uh, they've never drank or had drugs. So... Uh, you could say I lived in a sober sorority. Did um, you drink or drug when you were around your house? Uh, never. Uh, well, let me clarify that. I never drank. Um, it was uh, I was sneaky and I, I lied, and uh, I took pills. Opiates were also a drug of choice, and they're silent. And so, um, the demands of being a father and a husband, um, which I did not see. Good examples of that as a child uh, overwhelmed me, and so I tried to do whatever I could to manage. And uh, in the treatment facility, uh, my wife and three daughters came down, and we had to do what's called a ring of fire. And the question that I had to ask each of them, and I couldn't respond, is how has my alcoholism affected you? 
and then they would tell me and I would have to repeat it um, but I could not uh, say anything except those words and it was uh, very emotional and tore me up but at the same time repaired me a little bit yeah I think I, I think most of us when we're addicted to alcohol or drugs have no I or or we either don't care or have no idea how it's affecting other people. Yeah. It's sort of like, because I've heard so many people say, well, hey, yeah, it's wrecking my health or it's doing whatever, whatever, but, but that's my, my choice. You yeah. know, it's my body. I'll do what I want. Right. You know, and that's, that's not true because no matter how close we are with families or friends or anything, we're hurting other people at the same time. Yes. You know. Yeah. What did no they question. say in the Ring of Fire, Ring of Truth? Uh yeah, ring of uh, fire, um, but I did have to be truthful. Um, they told me how it affected them. My oldest daughter, uh, I can see it now as clear as day, but I could not see it then. Um, my oldest daughter, uh, my wife and I fought a lot uh, because of my drinking and or drugging, and so um, my children, unfortunately, would have to hear that. And so my oldest daughter... Uh, started reading right when Harry Potter came out uh-huh. and got lost in that world. Um, my two other children slept in our bed as kids for a long time to try and prevent the fighting and arguments. Oh, wow. And, um, and so they were always concerned that mom and dad were going to get divorced. And by all rights, my wife, and I want to make this clear, should have most certainly divorced me. She had all right to do so. Um, she's an angel and, and she didn't and our, uh, our relationship is now better than ever. We've been married uh, 30 years. Wow. So It's amazing she stuck around. I, four, I had four wives who did not stick around. Right. And, that was, and, and but, like you say, they, I mean, they had every right in the world to. But five's the charm. But, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I'll, yeah, I don't know about that, but because uh, between I'm the two sober, of us, sober, I could be a better husband, right? Well, between yeah. the two of us, we've had five wives. Okay. Yeah. Right. yeah. And and you know what? I and this shows the way. Oh, you want to stay up here? This, <laughs> I think bribery will be the key. This, uh, it shows the way we think as alcoholics and addicts. Is I th- until I got sober, every one of my divorces was their fault. Right. You know? Yeah, I get they're, that. They're being bitchy. They're, I, you, you don't have any right to do what you're doing, you know. And, I, I make a great home. I'm a great Yeah, I, I, breadwinner. I brought in a good income as a TV anchor. And, and so what, what do you have to complain about? I have all this pressure at work, and I need to get high every night when I get home. Yeah. You know? I think what I've learned through my addiction process is that I couldn't tell the truth from the faults. It was really difficult. I would say, I have a wife, I have three beautiful daughters, I have a great business, I have all the things that the world can offer, yet I wanted, uh, I crashed them down. And um, But yet you still were successful by outwards. If you want to say so in monetary ways, yeah, but inside I was, you know, my spirit wasn't right, and, um, and I just wasn't the person that I wanted to be. Um, and now I'm becoming that. That's right. We're going to take a short break. You're watching Odyssey House Journals. We'll be right back. Albert, knock over the treats if you want Ned to take the lid off. I don't know what he's thinking.
Welcome back to Odyssey House Journals. We'll do our favorite thing where we'll give a phone number out. And the reason we're doing this is we, in, in the state of Utah, there's some amazing people who are really dedicated to recovery. A lot of us in that business are people who have been addicts and just want to help. I mean, literally, are oh, making absolutely. a little money, a lot less than they could in the outside world, yourself included. Oh, yeah. yeah I, I switched from TV news to... Working at Odyssey House. So but every day is... It's the best job. I, I look... Every time, every morning I get up, I, it's like I look forward to going to work, and, yeah. which is a great thing to be able to say. And, and TV news is a, uh, an exciting and interesting and used to be a high-paying profession. It's not so much anymore, <laughs> but, uh, but, it, but it was a lot of deadlines and a lot of pressure and a lot... And now I just feel like I'm working for an organization that is... Helping to say, helping people to help themselves to so save lives. Right before we went on, you did two things with your phone, and those were admissions. Those are right. people who are coming to Odyssey House, and they have a chance of turning their whole. This could be the greatest day of their lives. Well, or or the worst. Yeah. And what happens? I have a direct. The uh, I know all the case managers at VOA Detox, both the men's and women's. And when somebody's towards the end of their detox, they're allowed to stay there for two weeks. And when they're toward the end of their detox, uh, it's it, it, they've got a serious problem, obviously, because they're in VOA detox. VO uh, stands for? Volunteers of America. They okay. have two really fine detox facilities, one for men, one for women and kids, uh, for, for women who have kids, not for the kids to detox. But uh, they try to get them into a treatment facility before they go, go out on the street again so that they, you know, so it's a continuum of care. And so they all have my phone number, and they call me, and they say, I've got somebody who's ready to go and wants to come in. So we got two people in just before we did this. So it's, and, and that's part of my job. And it's, and it's so great because, I, you know, down the road, one, two, three months in our program, I'll run into somebody, and I don't know what they look like. They'll just give me a name and a date of birth and what their issues are. And then they'll say, hey, my case manager at VOA Detox called you, and you helped get me in. Thank you. And that's, that's why it's fun to go to work. Yeah, and this is a situation where we are here. This TV show is really a manifestation of Randall's great works with Odyssey House. And, and I was able to get Lee on board, and, and we've had an amazing show. And it's become one, if not one of the top couple podcasts in the state of Utah. And we're excited about that. And we should explain what this is. I'll give the number out first, 801-322-3222. And this is Pompous Albert, and Mike and I have been a friend from a noon 12-step meeting that um, has done some amazing things. And uh, so Mike came in a couple weeks ago when we were shooting a couple shows, and, and Randall goes, let's get a high-faluting guest on the show. And, and this is a big one. And this is a big one. So Pompous Albert, 301,000 followers on Instagram, coming up on 100,000 on Facebook, and that's that's a great situation just go to google because i've told all my friends that i get to meet pompous albert today and they go who the hell is pompous albert and i said <laughs> google pompous albert and you will see and i mean there's, he's got a million pictures and a million connections and so i'm i'm in awe i've interviewed uh, presidents and rock stars and people like that but this is the most famous so thank you very much yeah. okay who, who said you can't have a career after television <laughs> there you go. or a career after uh, alcohol, alcohol, and drugs. alcohol. Right. so when we left 
Mike, you were talking about, and Pompous Albin has left the set. Tell yeah. the story. We're going to get back to your story real quick, but tell, tell us about the Honda commercial, what that uh, was like. Okay, so uh, Pompous Albert, uh, he, I received a phone call from an agency in Los Angeles, and they had seen Pompous Albert and said we would be very interested in filming him and using him as the face for Honda service centers. And the pitch was his face looks pompous and he looks angry. So uh, the pitch was going to be pompous Albert hates bad service. And so they flew a crew up from Los Angeles. They filmed him in a kind of a, uh, a garage mechanic shop, uh, which was dirty and this and that and the other. Um, and then they took us up to a Honda dealership, uh, and it was clean and like they are. Right. And then uh, they filmed him there, and that's how he became the face uh, for Honda. Well, you were telling me that the service. production assistants would say Pompous is on the move. And he's in the bathroom, by the way. He likes to use the toilet. Pompous is in the bathroom now. Uh, when they were filming, yeah, they it was a set. They built these sets for him, and there was a disco set and an office set, and it was much, uh, I imagine, like a, a Hollywood movie. So Martin Scorsese did the commercial. <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. He was at a low point, right. you know, it was before right. the Irishman. And, and if you Google it, you get to watch the Honda commercials, because I watched yeah. Them. Yeah. yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. So look so, at you with the show research. Yeah, right. Oh wow! Well, yeah. I had. I mean, when I heard about Pompous Albert, I went and I spread the word around Odyssey House and everything else. <laughs> yeah. I, I just passed the CEO on the way out the door today, and I said, "Guess who I'm going to meet today in our podcast?" And, and he yeah. said, "Who?" And I said, "Pompous Albert." And he said, well, "Who's that? Is that is that another potential client?" And I said, <laughs> "He just called so, me on the way and said, be very nice to Randall yeah, today.' Yeah, I think he's yeah, he's, he's going nuts." But, so, <laughs> getting back to your story, so. Yes. You were saying that your family came in and it was really a truth exercise where you all of a sudden got a chance for them to tell you in a non-judgmental fashion, or maybe a little bit of judgment, what your drinking and drugging had done to them. Yeah, absolutely. Um, was that the point where you said, I'm going to get sober again the, and do it right this time? Yeah, the yes. The point was rigorous honesty. And if I learned sure. anything out of treatment, uh, it was to be as vulnerable as possible. I mean, I talked about things um, that I'd never spoken about in my life, and I was in my 50s, still am, by the way. Okay. Uh, but uh, <laughs> Youngster. Yeah. <clears throat> and I spoke about things, and I got to the issues. I got to the heart of the matter. What was driving my addiction? Why did I, why did I want to drink when I knew it was bad for me? Why did I want to do drugs? I, I couldn't figure it out, but now I understand that uh, I had some issues that needed to be resolved uh, that were outside of drugs and alcohol. And once I got to working on resolving those issues, life started getting better. Uh, <laughs> Strange how that uh, happens. Right? <laughs> yeah. right? Uh, things that had plagued me for years uh, seemed to vanish. Um, and I have not uh, had a desire to drink or drug in uh, since I got sober uh, four and a half years ago. So I'll be five years on June 5th. Randall, how about you? Do you ever think about it? Uh, not in, not that I'm tempted to or anything. Uh, there's, sometimes when you're like at a Christmas party or a New Year's Eve party and everybody else is getting blasted and you're sober, you, you think 
I think about it, but I don't, I'm not tempted to do it because I know I, my life is just so much better now that uh, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't risk it just to be able to get drunk one night or something like that. So do you, do you ever think about it? Or? I, I did the other night and it scared the hell out of me. <clears throat> really? My wife and I were driving back from meeting some friends up for dinner in Park City and I pulled out on Deer Valley Parkway and the car was right behind me, so I kind of swerved over to let him pass, and it was a highway patrol guy. <laughs> and he pulled me over, and I had, he said you were driving a little erratically. And he was on my wife's side of the car, and my wife was a cop and, and very good friends with your sister-in-law. They were yeah. kind of patrol people together. And anyway, once the officer realized I was sober, he just gave me a warning. But I remember thinking, if I get a ticket, that could really screw things up, and I should have a drink. And I remember thinking that, and I really? haven't had that thought in a long time, and it scared the bejesus out of me. See, what I loved about sobriety, because when I used to, yes, I occasionally drove while I was, when I shouldn't have, yeah. and whenever you'd see a cop, it'd be like, oh, God, oh, God. Right. And and after I got sober, it's like you pass by a cop, and you, you even look, you don't try to hide your head. And a DUI oh. checkpoint is like a graduation. Oh, yeah. yeah. Say, <laughs> pull me over. Pull me over. Yeah, exactly. And, and, I, and I still have, and I hear people, you guys must hear it in, in 12-step meetings, too, where they have, they have using or drinking dreams. And I still do. Occasionally, I dream I'm somewhere, and somebody says, Hey, have a glass of iced tea, and I and I drank it, and they said we put something in there, and I go, oh God, I drank, and then I wake up and I say I didn't drink, and I'm happy. But, yeah, you know. I used to call those a bonus, um, those dreams. You know, I, I actually got to drink in the dream <laughs> when I woke up. Everything was good. Yeah, I that that's funny you should mention it because those are pretty idyllic, and as we look back in our lives, we look back, or at least I do, a lot of the times. A lot of the fun times included alcohol, and you look back on that, and it's it's kind of scary stuff, but you've been doing great. And, and one thing I want to mention, when you have friends in the program who have a period of sobriety and then go back out, it's so discouraging, and I was that way for a lot of years. Yeah. But you have to look that every day that you're not doing drugs or you're not drinking is a, is a foothold that you're going to use. There's something you learn during that picture. Yeah. But we have run out of time. Mike, you, so now you're manager of a super successful cat. You've got three lovely daughters, wife we met a couple weeks ago. Things are going great for you. Yeah, life is wonderful. Can you, can you get Albert? Can you get Albert so we can say goodbye with Albert? Come here, Albert. You got you got to say goodbye, Albert. Yeah, it's part of a show close. Okay. <laughs> bye bye, Mike. Thanks so much for being on the show, Albert. You're our big get. Thank you, Mike. For you're Randall on trip, want to thank Lee and thanks our whole for crew me. for making this possible. And we'll you see don't. you next time right here on Odyssey House Journals.